there is a dynamic in these scriptures that um, are is very compelling. There's much to preach about here, but this dynamic and this week with tropical storms and hurricanes and more violence and more death, this dynamic jumped out at me. And the dynamic that I believe Jesus highlights in the scripture is that moment, that time, when the rock becomes a stumbling block. Last week, Peter was named by Jesus as the rock upon which the church would be built. Peter was named by Jesus, recognized by Jesus as the foundation, with him, of course, of the church. Peter is Jesus' rock. And today, Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. These words are words that you never want to hear from the Lord of history, from the second person of the Trinity, from a man who is about to face death, wrestle with death, and win. And I'm sure they devastated Peter. They devastated Peter, who had been recognized as Christ's rock and now was nothing more than a stumbling block, keeping him, Jesus, trying to keep Jesus from fulfilling his mission. And why did Peter do this? It wasn't because he was an awful person. It wasn't because he thought that um, he could do better. It wasn't because he was trying to betray Jesus. It was out of his love, out of his loyalty, out of his desire to protect Jesus, to keep him from suffering, that he said the words that made Jesus rebuke him so. Get behind me, Satan. The person that you can rely on most becomes a stumbling block. And I think this dynamic calls us to ask the question about ourselves, to ask the question about when our good instincts, our loyalty, our wanting to protect someone, our love for someone, combined with instincts that we have to work on, ambition, fear, misuse of power, when those combine to turn good people into stumbling blocks for the mission of God in this world. Calls us to ask ourselves 
when we become like Peter and find ourselves on the wrong side of transformation. In fact, when we find ourselves in a kind of regression away from the kingdom of God because we fear the path ahead. Jesus had the courage and the capacity to say to Peter both that he depended on him, which is very vulnerable, and then secondly, that he, Peter, on whom Christ depended, was out of step. He sees that human character contains both light and shadow. That human character, human nature, can be both full of a foundational dependency on which you can rely and also rocks and pieces that make the road ahead more difficult to walk. And yet, when we confess to be Christians, we are called not to try to make Jesus more like us and conform his actions and words to what we want, but to engage with the scripture and engage with his actions and his words and his mission and become just a little bit more like Jesus. In this case, willing to illuminate with hard truths when we are wrong. Not to condemn us and stop us on our way, but in order to make a way out of no way. Jesus was honest when something or someone became a stumbling block. And his reaction was speaking some poignant truths. And those truths are a call to grace, a call to trust that even whatever the truth illuminates that we don't like about the world or ourselves, that God is with us as we confront it. It's not a condemnation of humanity and dignity to speak truth about ourselves and about the world, but it's a recognition that something is not right. And if we can't handle that, then we get in God's way. I've been thinking about that dynamic and different ways to approach it. Throughout church history, there is, um, there's been a lot of 
conflict around certain things. And one way, and I think about Peter made me think about this, one thing that the church has struggled with is when a priest loses their way and whether the sacrament that the priest has prayed over or blessed is valid or not. If the priest has lost their way, if the priest has sinned, are the sacraments invalid? This may seem kind of esoteric to some of you, but it's, it's part of this dynamic. Is the good that we do as human beings erased when we sin? when we get afraid, when we get in God's way. The answer to the church, from the church, was that no, it is God's work that blesses the sacrament. And the priest is only the conduit. But the communion that is taken and the committals that have been given and the vows that have been made are all valid. Again, that might be a bit of an esoteric example, but Peter as the rock who becomes a stumbling block made me think about that question in church history. A little closer to home, away from priests and maybe Uh, this week, especially to parenting, I have resisted texting my son 10 times a day as he faced a hurricane in Baton Rouge and only text him twice a day. But, (laughs) But it's an instinct to protect, to fix, to make decisions for. And anyone in any relationship can understand this dynamic. Sometimes your love actually gets in the way of another person's growth. And the best thing that we can do is to step aside for our fear for them, our love for them, our wanting to protect them, just like Peter did for Jesus gets in the way of their mission of co-creating their lives with God and the path that they are to take. It's also called to tell a story that I don't preach about very ever. I don't think I've ever preached about it because it's just very difficult to talk about. And it has to do with police officers. When I was 18 years old, I was a student at Rutgers University, and I was an advocate on behalf of the homeless in the city, New Brunswick, where Rutgers, New Brunswick was, was threatening uh, to close down a homeless shelter. So some residents of New Brunswick and some residents, uh, or some students, Um, got together and formed a plan to protest peacefully 
and it included civil disobedience, peaceful civil disobedience, in which we walked onto the property and were then arrested for trespassing to bring attention to um, the cruelty, we believed, of closing a homeless shelter as winter approached. We were arrested and the women were put in some holding cells and the men were put in others and there were four of us women and we were strip searched in those open holding cells with cameras in the, in the cells. And the lawyers and friends and family who had planned on um, supporting us were in the waiting room in the police station and saw the male officers convening around the monitors to these cells. So they were watching us being strip searched. Later we won a civil um, suit against the police department and we won new stricter laws around strip searching and my memory is that they did not close the homeless shelter. But the damage that that did to the women who lost, including myself, who were lost, who lost faith, even though I never had a romanticized version, vision of the police, I did know that fundamentally their, their mission was to serve and protect. And they used their power to damage both physically and emotionally the people in their care. Of course, we've seen that dynamic in horrific ways. And I believe in, in horrific ways in this, in this world lately with the violence against African-American men and women. And I did my podcast on Jacob Blake, and I asked you to listen to that even though I don't mention, I'm not talking about that today in my sermon. I ask you to listen to my latest podcast on that. But the power the police were given was used to damage. Power in itself is an ability to do something, to act. In Spanish, it's poder. It means power and to be able to do something. And you can use power that you have been given for the purpose and the mission for which you have been assigned, or you can use your power to damage lives. I believe that these scripture calls us to more of a humanity and a dignity, a transformation, not a regression, 
an ability to look with harsh truths to illuminate where things need to be better in our world and in our lives, whether you are a priest or a parent or a police officer. There is and will be until the kingdom comes in its fullest the ability for us to choose between grace and I'm not even sure what the word is. It could be greed, it could be fear, it could be hate. We have that free will that is part of our human character, our human nature. And every day and every week, every time we pray and every time we act and every time we speak, we're called to make a choice with the privileges we are given as whatever our calling is, again, the examples I've shown today are just priest, parent, and police. The privileges we have, I have always been taught to those who, to whom much is given, much is expected. Whether that be a calling to serve, a calling to raise up, or a calling to protect, And in, that all, in those dynamics and in that line between being a rock and a stumbling block, we have to make decisions every day. There's an old folk tale. I'm not sure exactly where it came from, but I remember it well, in which an old rabbi, a wise spiritual counselor asked his students, how can you tell when the night has become day? And the students answered all sorts of questions and one said, uh, in all sorts of ways. And one said, is it when you can distinguish from a distance whether the animal there is a sheep or a dog? Another one said, could it be when, from a distance, there's enough light to see whether the tree is a fig tree or a peach? And the old rabbi finally answered and said, the night has become the day when you can see in the face of another person and see the face of a brother or sister, a sibling, and if you can't see that, it is still night. We are called today by Christ to get out of God's way or to carry folks along with us and to carry folks along with us as we walk. As we walk into the mission that is hard and will be hard, but is so full of humanity that Christ is there. This week, I invite you to call 
yourself, not, not to call, to look at yourself and to discover where that place is for you. And if you have crossed the line between rock and stumbling block, to course correct. I say this because we're going into a time in our country that will get even more ugly, even harsher. And we need to walk the way of Christ as best as we can. Amen.